And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, which means we have Thursday Night Football on the horizon as week nine is set to hit, which we are truly now on the back half of the NFL counter, which is still crazy to think about. But joining me today on the show as we kind of break down the Houston, Texas, and the Philadelphia Eagles is PFN betting and fantasy analyst Ian Warren. You can find over at NFL Film Study. Looking at the, uh, we're now in the shadow of the NFL trade deadline. And for once, it was actually fun to watch. Like the NFL trade deadline has always lagged behind the NBA, the NHL, um, and the MLB trade line. But we did have a record number of trades that went down. I believe the number was 12, I think it was. Uh, but it was a, it was a good one. So I think some names we, we thought would be moved, but they didn't. And with some that, uh, were kind of surprising, I think, you know, uh, I think the TJ Hawkinson one, that one really surprised me him going, especially an interdivision trade. Like, Hey, we want to now face you two times a year. Like, I don't know what Detroit was thinking on that one. It's that's just an odd move for a team that is getting closer to being, to being competitive. I don't know why you trade away TJ Hawkinson, but that's, that was an odd one to me. Um, Ian kind of, what are your kind of thoughts on what were some of your takeaways from yesterday? Yeah, I'm with you. I think the three most surprising were, one, Bradley Chubb does get a first-round pick. I, I like the move for the Dolphins. I think it's a yeah. really nice pickup for them. Um, Dolphins are going all with, in. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens, right? Like, they're sold on Tua. That's what this says. I wrote earlier this week that Tua is my MVP uh, halfway through the season. I'm not saying he's the best player I get in the it. league. That you know, But Tua has been, to me, the most valuable player. Look at his quarterback rankings. It's crazy. I love the move. I'm all about like aggressiveness getting proven players, you have a late first round pick from the 49ers. Like you're probably not going to get a player that that's that good. It sucks a little bit that you have to pay him long-term, but overall I like the move going all in. Um, was I just like it when teams go all in. Like I appreciate that. I do. And especially when it's for like a proven talent, like that's the big thing. Like it's a little bit more when you're like rolling the dice, like we saw in like the chase clay pool trade that to me is rolling the dice. I don't know that I love it. I didn't hate it. But I also didn't love the value that they got there, especially when you waited a couple hours more and then you saw Calvin Ridley getting traded. That one was definitely out of left field. Left like, field. Yeah. Wow. I love it, though. I love it for the Jaguars. He's their wide receiver one as soon as he comes back on the field. They needed a, des- is he, though? Uh, a talent like that. I think he is. Like, honestly, yeah. like we're looking. The thing that gets me is when he steps onto the field again, he hasn't played in almost two years. and He's almost going to be 29 years old. Yeah, like that, he's that's no longer the, the player that we thought he used to be. And I think there's a little concern there. Definitely. I, I think so, too. I guess, you know, you're looking best case, which is I why I Mojo's like how too. they. Yeah. And I like how they structured the trade, too. It's a really cool, you know, worst case, you get two fourth, fourth round picks. Not a big deal. Um, best case, you sign him long term. He's that guy for you. You gave up a future second round a pick second. and a fourth round pick. Yeah. I think that's pretty worth it um, for him. And and I, I think it was, the writing was on the wall with Ridley that his time there was done. So nice job by the Falcons to get an, an asset instead of waiting for 2025 when you would have gotten a comp pick for Ridley. Uh, they did a good job of getting rid of him now, or I guess it would have been 2020. I guess it would have been 2024. But it was a nice job to get that stuff a little bit earlier. I mean, basically, um, the Falcons were tired of gambling and waiting to see what was going to happen with him. It, it wasn't a good long-term bet for them. Their futures odds were not favorable on that one. So yeah. uh, I love that move. Um, also looking at, like you said, Hawkinson. I think that was the, the bomb of the day. Uh, I like it, though. I honestly like it for both teams. I think the Lions, they looked at this and said, hey, he doesn't fit our timeline very well. We stink. Uh, we're, we're not going to pay him. We're not giving him that giant salary, so we might as well get a couple mid-round picks, day two picks back. For Minnesota, you got your prime Kyle Rudolph plus. 
now you 100%. have him potentially for a long term. So I like Hawkinson. You know, was he overdrafted? Sure. It doesn't really matter. He's a solid tight end. Definitely, I'd say top seven, top eight at worst. And in a position that doesn't have a whole lot of consistency. So when you got him for the equivalent of like a third round pick, when you even all these picks out. So really like that move for them. Fits both of their windows. Um, also like Roquan Smith going to the Ravens. Kind of interested to see how they handle that financially moving mm-hmm. forward. I, I thought Chicago, it's a tough loss, but at the same time too, you know, linebacker is kind of a, a position that's a little bit um, not irrelevant, but it is the position I would sacrifice on first, I think, of most positions. So it, tough to lose the talent, but they did a good job getting getting return there, especially when you said that they also got rid of Robert Quinn and, and kind of maximized their return there too. So uh, overall, a lot of fun. Like seeing Jeff Wilson to Miami, thought that was nice. Um, like seeing Naheem Hines to Buffalo, thought that was fun. <sighs> Hate it for James Cook. But love it. James Cook's now dead for at least fantasy purposes. I'll put it that way. At least through like like next. Well, I guess maybe Singletary's a free agent, so maybe maybe you see a little bit more value there next year for. And that's the uh, Hines is under contract until twenty twenty five. That's nice, and that's why this made like I just thought this deal made sense. We saw Buffalo try to get J D McKissick. Obviously, they draft Cook to get Hines. Hines for a you know could be a fifth round pick. Cool man, like that's, that's he's just one of the best money. offensive weapons that you're going to yeah. find in the NFL, and it's it's a shame that Indianapolis never found a way to utilize him. But that's kind of just par for the course at this point in Indianapolis. It is, and that's the that's what happens when you don't find your quarterback, right? Like Josh yep. Allen will hopefully now maximize Hines, or at least at least more, use him more often than what he has been using running backs. And and I think it is a, a place where he has been developing and doing a nice job of. So. Credit mm-hmm. for the for the Bills though to go for it to to basically steal a player and get to get rid of Zach Moss to basically say this is non negotiable you're taking Zach Moss good good on them Brandon Bean is one of the best uh, GMs in football yeah but I mean between him and Howie Roseman I mean the, what those two guys have done yeah. for their four organizations is just incredible and it's everything that some other teams are not doing like the Green Bay Packers like yep. you watch what happened with Minnesota they got better. You watch Chicago Bears. They made they made some additions by subtracting. They added some draft capital. Then you brought in Chase Claypool, who it's I mean the jury's out on Claypool. Let's be honest, like he yeah. hasn't it, he hasn't developed the way we wanted him to see him do since his rookie year when they were really just manufacturing touches. And once again, I, I don't think the quarterback play in Pittsburgh has helped. But you bring in another potential weapon for him, and you've got to find out what Justin Fields adds. And he's really starting to put something together here, and hopefully that kind of continues. And then like I said, it's Aaron Rodgers just sits there and just does not get any more talent. It's just mystifying me at this point given their concerns a wide receiver and you do absolutely nothing. Um, and it comes out Wednesday morning too, that, you know, as we're like right before we started podcasting, they were quote unquote in on Jerry Judy, but obviously they couldn't match the price on him. It's just, it really, it, it's, a, it's exhausting. We've been doing this for years. Yeah. Guys, just, just make the move. If you want to make the move, you got to pay the piper and it's going to cost you a lot. Like would I move a first round pick for Jerry Judy? I probably no. would if I'm the Packers. Like, uh, yeah, it's team dependent. You know, yeah. If I'm the Packers, I'm tired of coming up short. It's going to be a late round, late first round pick anyway. Let's stop messing around, or at least let's move Jordan Love. Let's do something like, ideally, yeah, you don't want to move those picks because it hurts. Like those are valuable picks, absolutely. But my goodness, you guys have just ruined this window for for Aaron Rodgers, and it, it makes you question their entire strategy over the last couple of years. Yeah, good to Kunst and those guys have several answers. They have they have several questions they got to answer at this point. I think so does Houston, a team we're going to be talking yeah. about here with Brandon Cooks. 
Like, yep. I, I'm shocked he was still on this roster. I thought he would have been gone. And I think so did he. And I think it's one of the reasons we have so many question marks with this one. Um, and I think another one for me is Cam Akers. I, I'm very surprised Cam Akers is on this team despite saying, hey, we wanted to find him somewhere else. We The Rams are admitting we, they wanted to find a new situation for him, and yet he's still sitting there. So we'll see how this process begins to rebuild um, and then kind of get him incorporated back into the offense. But it's uh, that's, that's a weird one for me. And then also I think um, Kareem Hunt, another player that we, we expect to see moved, and he didn't. Um, sucks for him a little bit, but I mean, he'll be looking at free agency here coming up um, after the year, so we'll see what happens. Um, and honestly, I think another one for me is just the different Broncos, especially the defense. Like trading away Bradley Chubb, like as you're just admitting that this year has been a complete waste. You went all in, and it's just not working out. And it's it's not a team you expected to be sending away pieces after you brought in Russ. You brought in great, uh, uh, Randy Gregory this offseason after you missed out on um, Von Miller, who went to Buffalo. It's I, there were just a couple surprises. Not a few, not the massive big name marquee players, but that's not that's not necessarily un, uncommon in the NFL. That's kind of an offseason kind of thing. I was just glad we had something to talk about. But like how we alluded to there with the Houston Texans, they do come in tonight here on Thursday night facing the Philadelphia Eagles, who are coming off a pretty dominant 35 to 13 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, in which Jalen Hurts really just balled out. And so did so did AJ Brown. He was an absolute man amongst boys out there against the Steelers. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans dropped their second straight failure to stop Derrick Henry, who easily cleared his 200 yards and has done the now in four straight games against the Texans. Even though Tennessee had no intentions on throwing the ball with Malik Willis, who only threw the ball on 10 passing attempts. So I think that's definitely going to be a difference in this one. And to kind of get an idea of the trends, let me talk to you guys about our friends over at Pickett. Are you guys tired of tracking your bets out on messy spreadsheets or not knowing how much you've won or lost? We can download Pickett, which is the best bet tracking app on the market. Picks and make it easy to track your bets, shop the best lines, and connect with an avid community of sports fans just like yourself. Sign up today using promo code PFN365 to sync all of your favorite sports books, and you can win up to $100 for free. Pickett is 100% free to join and use, so what are you waiting for? Remember, that is promo code PFN365, and you can win up to $100 just for signing up. Looking at some of the trends, and I don't think it's any surprise which way these things are going. The Eagles coming into this game at 14-point favorites, prohibitive favorites, nearly $8 on the money line you got to lay, and it's can't say I'm surprising based on the trends of these two teams. Looking on the, just on the money line itself, 95% of the money and 89% of the bets on Philly to win outright. Y'all are some diehard Houston fans If for those 11% that are picking on the Texas to win this. Uh, but I mean, she'll certainly get a good return, no doubt about it. Looking on the cover, which Philadelphia is coming in at 14-point favorites, which has gone up from, I believe you said, Ian, 10 at the start of the week. Now looking at 95.5% of the money and 92% of the bets are on Philadelphia to cover makes sense and it's a little more uh, it's a little more hit and miss it's kind of a coin flip on the over under in which way people are feeling sitting here at 44 and a half 59 of the money is on the under along with 51 percent of the bets so the public and the sharps are kind of on the same side on this one but you were also looking into some of the popular bets for this one too and it looks like davis mills is kind of getting a little love of someone in the popular parlay i'm sorry one of the popular uh player props right he is yeah and i think this Definitely goes hand in hand with one of the other ones with Tyron Johnson's anytime touchdown score. People are looking at this receiving situation for Houston. We don't know yet on Brandon Cooks. We don't know if he's going to play in yep. this one. We're waiting to see injury status. Uh, obviously, if he's out, that's going to be just. Uh, I don't a even huge think it's injury issue. status on Brandon Cooks. It's well, just he's yeah. just unhappy. 
is he just yeah not going to play? And I mean his and the funny thing is I know he was upset like about the being injury traded. is butthurt. <laughs> exactly, he's mad he's still in this situation, but he should Blame be. Him. I mean he's he's posting the worst numbers of his career, and he's a heck of a playmaker. The way that they structured his contract extension, now was the yep. time to trade him. His his salary this year is a minimum salary. It's $1 million. So he could have been traded anywhere with quote-unquote cap issues and fit right in. The problem would have been the next two years. That's when you start doing things like the, the Saints do, right? Like if the Chargers would have picked him up. You add void years to his deal, and that way you make that $20 million cap hit palpable. Well, yep. guess what? It's It's gone now. That, that, that window's missed. So if Brandon Cooks is ever going to be traded, it's going to be extremely hard to do. And they're going to have to take a whole lot less back as a return. As a, Go figure the guy we, that's been traded more than anyone else is the one that didn't get traded. Right, right, exactly. And it, it's just a shame. It's, he's 29 years old, so, I mean, he's really... These last couple of years might be, you know, the last couple yep. of big years of his career. So it's it's sad to see that. So with him potentially being out this game, we know Nico Collins continuing to deal with the, a groin injury. So we don't know if he's going to be playing this week. We don't expect it um, nope. at this point as we start to hit the, the Wednesday afternoon. That really leaves Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, and a whole bunch of guys you probably haven't heard of, inclu- including Tyron Johnson. Tyron Johnson was on the Raiders in the preseason fighting for the number two job. Uh, on the mm-hmm. outside with Matt Collins had a really nice catch in the debut in the Hall of Fame game. And then ever since then, we never heard of him, got cut, went to the Texans off the practice squad, and they just brought him up for this game. And so uh, betters are looking at this one and saying, well, maybe there's some room here. It's plus 1,400 for his anytime touchdown. And then Davis Mills is under on his 219 and a half passing yards. I think that's almost a slam dunk. So I think this is these are some really great trends to see. And like you said, the public and Sharps are both seeing this very similarly. Uh, uh for good reason, because you're looking at uh, off uh, Houston's offense and you're basically saying what we need is we need Damian Pierce to break off several big plays just to keep this yeah. game close. And it's, is that even going to be enough? It's one of those. Yeah. I don't know. I get Jordan Davis will be out, which is going to hurt the Philadelphia rushing defense a little bit as you would expect. Um, but when you don't have, when you can't throw the ball and even if you could throw the ball, uh, James Bradbury and uh, Darius Light. I mean, these guys have shut down everyone. Uh, you look yeah. at what they did to Justin Jefferson on primetime and Kirk Cousins. We're nowhere near putting, you know, Davis Mills and, you know, Tyron Johnson and Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett in that same kind of category. Um, so I think it, it's no surprise to see that they're all in on on Davis Mills. And even and this is in a game where we're expecting garbage time for, what, three quarters? I mean, it could be garbage time in yeah. the similar, very similar to what the Steelers and the Eagles game. Like they were up on them in a heartbeat, and the Steelers were behind. Yeah, point differential wise, the Eagles are the best second team, second quarter team of like the last several decades. So these games are their games are usually over fast. Like by halftime, the games are usually over, and then they just coast in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. They do give up uh, a lot of garbage points in the fourth quarter. So I would look at that potentially as a bet, is to see if you can get maybe like Texas, uh, Texans minus one or something like that in the fourth quarter. That would be a, a potential prop play. Now, when you think about that, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this one, too, when you're looking at your your props or or just for your just lines in general. When you think of a team who is really good and can get out ahead of someone, like think of almost like Alabama, how they would get out yeah. ahead of everyone quickly, and then all of a sudden they kind of let their foot off the throttle. How much for yeah. you does that kind of play into your, your process when you're thinking, okay, these guys are going to have good, but can they get all their production in the first, you know, three quarters? It, can they hit yeah. their overs in the first three quarters where you're not necessarily thinking you might not get the full the full 60 minutes? Does that really play into your thought process? 
It does. It does. It is concerning for me, especially on like uh, if there, if whenever prop makers are going to set something like passing yards total. So using Jalen Hurts a great example this week. I think he's at like 240 passing yards. That's right around his normal average. And so with this game potentially over, you know, we could see Garner Minshew in the fourth quarter, and it might only take Jalen Hurts 220 yards. And you can kind of go both ways with that too. Look at that week six game against Dallas. He had 15 completions, 155 yards, two touchdowns. Not really a spectacular game, but Philadelphia won comfortably. Uh, 26-17, it's not a blowout, but he didn't have to do a lot, and I guess that's my point. Look back to last week against Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. 35-13, huge blowout. Only completed 19 passes, but he had 285 yards and four touchdowns. So these things Efficiency. are difficult. Yeah, When you're looking at these super efficient offenses, they can bite you, and it goes both directions. So I do try to look at like those volume stats, and generally I will look at fading some of those. We'll get into some of those a little bit later, uh, one specifically with Hertz that I really like to go lower on for underdog. Um, but in general, you have to consider it whenever they're projecting a game average for a player when they might only play 66% of the game. You, I think that is worth considering. Yep, I think it makes a ton of sense. I think that's a good point. I think for everyone that's listening out there, kind of, hey, you got to take an extra factors into it. Kind of got to break it down almost into those individual micro little assets that are kind of building into it. Kind of build out the entire picture. And you got to take in all the information possible. Uh, but speaking of the betting section, if you guys want to win two hundred dollars NFL this NFL season, well, as a new user over on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars just by betting on the NFL or college football. Head over to ProFootballNetwork.com and check out our latest betting promos to claim this offer today. Like we talked about, the Eagles are coming at fourteen point favorites, um, and also sitting here at forty four and a half. I'll kind of give you the floor on this one. Where are you feeling on the on the outcome of this one? Yeah, I hate giving this many points, but even at 14 points, I'm still taking the Eagles. Just going through everything we just talked about, it there's such a disparity between these teams. Houston is 29th in the league in points scored, and that's even with Cooks in the lineup. Eagles are third in points scored and fourth in points allowed. They're just they're a juggernaut, and they haven't played the best schedule this year. But it's not like Houston's going to break that trend. Like Houston is arguably the worst team that they've played this season. Um, along with like maybe Detroit and Detroit was playing well in week one. Houston's not playing well at this point in the season. So uh, I think what we're seeing right now is just a nosedive from Houston. I think that their season is going to continue to crumble around them. Uh, I think they're, they're possibly looking at sweeping changes once again um, this off season. And, and really this is the type of game where uh, unless if they do something shocking and I think it'd be more on Philadelphia side, that's shocking more than anything. I think this is going to be a pretty big blowout. So, and because of that, I also like the under. My first inclination was look at the over 45 points, but yeah. just breaking down everything that Houston has to overcome in this game, I just don't see them scoring maybe more than once. Uh, there is to give you a good idea on underdog, the uh, their kicker Fairborn has a line of 1.5 extra points. So clearly, odds makers, props makers, fantasy player, you know, they're looking at maybe two scores, and they're saying, eh. I'm not even sure they get yeah. to two scores. I'm with them. So I like the Eagles to cover here. 14 points. We got the under 45. Uh, just kind of looking at the team trends. Eagles are five and two against the spread. Texans have been solid three, three and one against the spread. But again, they're not working with their full uh, complementary uh, set of weapons here. The over and the unders have been pretty split for each team. Eagles have gone over in four of seven games. Houston only three of seven. 
Houston is 3-10 and 10 against the spread in their last 13 Thursday night football games. I don't weigh that stuff too heavily because that could be like 15 years ago with Matt Schaub. But it's just kind of interesting to, be, to point out that they're not usually a team that plays extremely well in, in, uh, in Thursday, night, Thursday night games. And heck, that might even go back to like David Carr. I don't know how many times uh, Houston's been on Thursday night football lately, but I might want to look that one up because... Thankfully, we haven't been exposed to that too often. I figured it might be. It, it probably had to be some Deshaun Watson games. I mean, I'm sure they probably would have put him over, especially like in that rookie year. They um, had some good it, seasons it, it, with Schaub, too. Yeah, they did. I think Matt Schaub doesn't get the credit for what he had. I mean, when they had Andre Johnson on that team, I mean, that was, those are some fun times. I will Aaron never Foster. forget when Andre Johnson beat the living hell out of Cortland Sutton on the field. Not Legendary. Cortland Sutton, sorry, Cortland Finnegan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when he, yeah, that that was hilarious. Um, but I, I will say too, um, if you actually go for the, uh, Eagles to cover the 14 and take the under 44 and a half, you can get that a plus two, uh, two fifty two over on FanDuel. I don't mind that. Pretty good. If you want to put those two together, you can get that That's at, at plus at plus two fifty two to take the Eagles to cover the 14 and under 44 and a half, like implied total. You're looking around like 31 and a half, 30 and to 13 and a half kind of whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not sure how the Texans are going to score multiple touchdowns in this game. I could easily see this being like I think they come out of here with like nine to to twelve points somewhere in that kind of range. Like I don't think they clear fourteen, and at that point, I think the Eagles should have should be good. Like we talk about them, if they let their foot off the pedal a little bit, and they're already up like you know twenty eight to twenty eight six something like in that kind of range, let the foot off the pedal. I I think they can still keep this on the under. Um, yeah, if you want to put this two together, like I said, plus two twenty five. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of that one. If you go with the over, it's only a plus two oh five, which isn't as bad. But I think I like doing what what you're kind of talking about here on this one. Now you did also mention in terms of touchdowns, looking at the Eagles side of things. Miles Sanders comes in with anytime touchdown here, and actually the trends kind of favor uh, Miles Sanders, who has four rushing touchdowns in his last four games. Looking to make it three in a row with a rushing touchdown. Are you on the side of of Miles Sanders kind of getting the end zone here? I am. I am. Just look at how bad Houston is against running backs and against rushers. They're dead last. Even if you remove the Derrick Henry games. Yep. It's a like, and so this actually, we had a great discussion right before about you know kind of how to look at this game. Houston's so bad against the run, opposing offenses aren't even trying to throw the ball. They've actually played some pretty good wide receivers on the season. Uh, Look at week one, Michael Pittman. Week two, obviously the two Broncos receivers. Uh, Week three, Mike Williams and the Charge. Or I'm sorry, week four against Mike Williams and the Chargers. Week seven against Devontae Adams. None of those teams really cared that much. They just said, we're just going to run the ball. It doesn't matter. We can just run all over this team. And so I think I think Philadelphia, even though A.J. Brown is on absolute fire, I think Miles Sanders is the one that's just going to just destroy this week. Yeah, Miles Sanders is is one of my favorite players. And someone I was going to talk about too when we kind of get down into like the, the underdog and some of our DFS stuff is just because I think the volume is absolutely going to be there. Um, I mean, amongst running backs, 75 plus carries, number one in EPA per rush. He is now getting 15 uh, opportunities per game um, over and only has uh, 605 yards and five touchdowns in seven games. Like I'm I'm in on Miles Sanders. Uh, Texans can't stop anyone like you've talked about. 32nd in rushing defense DVOA, number one fancy points allowed as well, 31.5 per game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm obviously all in on Miles Sanders in this one. Um, and like I said, when it comes to A.J. Brown, I agree with you. They uh, This is one of the where you can just run the ball all the time they just score so many explosive plays which has always been the nature of aj brown like we kind of saw that like his rookie year he had all those touchdowns that were just deep ones and just yak and gone and then he backed it up the next year and proved it wasn't just a fluke 
had a couple injuries last year, obviously, and he's kind of just doing everything the Eagles could have ever hoped for when they traded for him. That's been one of the best duos in the NFL between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. But another guy who he has a good connection with is Dallas Goddard, tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles. Texans haven't been great um, against um, tight ends all year, and, and Dallas Goddard's going one of those guys who's going to see some of the most volume in the NFL. What are your thoughts on Dallas Goddard's chance to maybe find the end zone this week? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that he's someone that's locked in to get a touchdown. I do feel like he's a little bit due just because the nature of the offense. I do think they could stand to get him a little bit more involved. Only has one touchdown on the year, 32 receptions, 421 yards. He's been good, but I think that they could do more. And you mentioned that part of that is because A.J. Brown has been so fantastic. I, yeah. I don't mind betting on A.J. Brown this game. But I'm looking for value here. And to me, Godair is the value. He's plus 190 for an anytime touchdown. He's gotten either six or nine targets in every game over the last month. He's been getting the, the frequent feeds. I like that. Bodes really well for him. So I do think he's a nice value play against a defense that, like you said, they're kind of vulnerable against tight ends. They're closer to average, whereas they're top five, mm-hmm. quote unquote, against wide receivers. I don't think the talent matches up with that. I do think that's just more of a tendency thing of what offenses are doing to them. So I, I like Godair as a, a play, especially right down the middle of the field, or maybe they get into the red zone. And they start doing um, some of their gadget plays that end up springing Godair like wide open in the back of the end zone. Yeah, Dallas Goddard, the guy I'm sitting right now at 46 and a half yards, uh, but he has five reception, five plus or more receptions and 60 plus yards in three of his last four could see him kind of getting uh kind of, I think that's a really interesting one to look at too, but look the touchdown. That's always going to be an interesting one. And I think the final one you've got listed here is going to be Davis mills under one and a half touchdowns. I, to me, I think that just makes too much sense. Three, only three games with two touchdowns. The rest of them had all been under Philadelphia Eagles. The cornerbacks do not give up passing touchdowns. They're certainly not going to give it up when the other team is missing their two best receivers. We're assuming if Brandon cooks doesn't play, even if he does play, I'm still favoring Darius Slay and Bradbury against a against a solo Brandon Cooks in this game, so I still like that one too. Yeah, under the uh, one uh, one point five touchdowns, minus two seventy. So it's it's got, you got to pay a little bit for it, but on a one like that, I think that makes way too much sense not to take a look at it. Also, looking at things from the other angle here, taking a look at DFS for you guys still playing your daily fantasy football leagues because the other ones probably aren't going as well. If you're anyone like me right now with the way the season has been. It's pretty much all Eagles. I'll be honest. I don't have much for the Houston Texans just because we have just a ton of uncertainty with what's going on with them. I mean, you would look at Brandon Cooks, but even at 7.2K, that's a little pricey. Um, I think it makes more sense the deeper down you go, but still, I mean, I mean, I think Tyron Johnson, you can get him at $200. I mean, that's a that's a literally the bare minimum play and could literally be their number one receiver. Um, I think some guys like, you know, like Philip Dorsett at, at 4,000, I get that, but how much trust do we have in them? It's very little. If if that's my opinion personally. Yeah. I definitely think that that makes sense. You got to go with your heavy stars here, right? So Hertz is definitely that guy, his explosiveness and his touchdown potential, especially on the ground. And we'll touch on this a little bit in the underdog, but like, even if I'm fading him in other areas, his potential against this rush defense is massive. This could be one of those games where I look back at, his uh his week one 243 yards passing but 90 yards rushing mm-hmm. in a score week two two touchdowns on the ground and another one passing uh this is why he is a top five fantasy quarterback and i think that he is a lock to get in your your captain spot and then i think from there you just continue to try yeah. to build around the eagles as much as you can and you're right it's like I, 
trying to find value in this group is really, really difficult. We talked a little bit about it because of the Texans receiving depth. We don't even know who's going to play or like who's going to be wide receiver one or, or even, you know, potentially walk out of this game that could lead them in, re- in receiving if Jeff Cooks is out. So I think you just lean heavily. You spend on those top guys. That'd be Hurts. That's Brown. It's Sanders. So you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a fun, like, it's funny how like, this me? game works out. The Eagles defense is seven grand in DFS. Wow. When have you ever seen a defense at seven K? That's crazy. The Eagles defense is priced higher than Dallas Goddard at 6,600. That's in, that's it I don't know if I've no ever sense to seen me. that. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened, but like I don't I know don't the last I've time I've seen that. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean Chris Moore, who could literally be the number one. Like we were talking about these guys for the for the uh, Houston Texans, 5400. Philip Dorsett, 4000. Literally, they're all coming in lower than the Eagles' defense, wow. and it's I get it. If you want to play them, that's fine, but that's still so yeah. much to pay. It could absolutely pay off. To. Don't get me wrong; they could walk out of here with yeah. six sacks two forced fumbles and two picks, one of those for a pick six. I could totally yeah. see it, but it's going to take that to pay that off. Like for me, it's this is very much, you've got to just go all in on the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is your, yeah. as your main option, who has been absolutely crushing it on the road, averaging 331 yards per game and six touchdowns in his three road starts this year. And then AJ Brown has just been absolutely dominating against Houston, uh, going back to his days with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's just so hard to, to advise anything for Houston. It makes it just hard to play, hard to play DFS this week. Cause you just got to hopefully get lucky on your one dart though. unless you're a max playing these things and you only got one dart to throw against someone else who has 20 and the bankroll to back it up. It's, it's just so hard to get active and have a ton of lineups in this one. I'm probably not going to have a ton of DFS exposure this in this game, just because I don't like the other side of it. It's just one of those for me. Uh, but if you do want to have action, well, over at Underdog, you can jump in on it. Because I want to say about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season, and it is Underdog and their pickums. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats and pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or lower than that number in this week's games, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app and sign up with promo code PFN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. And also, if you deposit $10, you'll also get a free one-month subscription to the PFN Pass, where you can reconnect with the game of football with interactive experiences, proprietary research, and educational courses on the PFN Pass. That is Underdog Fantasy with promo code PFN, and you get in on the action today. First player we got on here for our underdog pickums, and is a guy you listed on here and one you've talked about already that you love, Miles Sanders. They've got him sitting here at 79.5 rushing yards. I got a feeling I already know the answer, but go ahead and give me you going higher or lower on Miles Sanders on the ground on Thursday night. I'm not going to make the same mistake that I made last week with Derrick Henry where I said, you know what? I kind of look at we that total of like 101 and a half and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, but I'm going to shy away from it. No, I'm not going to do that. We're going all in here. This is going to be Miles Sanders on a higher of 79 and a half. It's just too favorable of a matchup. Yes, the Eagles are prone to rotating their backs. It's not been nearly as bad this year. Sanders has been a huge fantasy hit all season long. Uh, because this team has finally leaned into him as their star in a contract year. So I love it. Too good of a matchup. Have to hit the higher. Any single, you might want to build one underdog lineup without it. To be honest, I, I'm going to probably make three or four, just kind of mixing and matching some some of these props, especially once we get a little bit of clarification on, uh, on Cooks and a little bit more of this passing yep. game. But I like the higher here, and I'm going to probably have Sanders in all, but maybe one of those. 
And I think it makes sense if you are going to play to kind of rotate, like especially like rotate your captains on who you can get kind of more value out of. Like have one with Jalen Hurts, have one AJ Brown, have one Miles Sanders. I think all those guys make sense. And I think Sanders, especially anytime you see a heavy road favorite from a team that's going to be in a, like you're looking at nearly $8 right now to lay on the money line. Like they're going to run the ball probably. So I think um, Miles Sanders makes a ton of sense. Speaking of things on the ground for the Eagles, you've got Jalen Hurts and they've got him at 40.5 rushing yards. I think you've got an interesting angle on this one, don't you? I do, and kind of talked about this, alluded to it earlier, uh, just about how Jalen Hurts, he either goes all in or he doesn't. So last week, I think against Pittsburgh is a really good uh, blueprint for this game. You're going to see hyper-efficiency in the passing game, and then there's no reason to really let Jalen Hurts get hit a ton in this game. He's got four games with at least 11 rushes. The other three games, nine rushes in two of them, one, uh, two rushes, in the previous one, that was last week against Pittsburgh. I think Philadelphia is going to look at this and say, Jalen, my dude, just relax this game. Just If it's not there, we'll take a small loss or we'll take a very small gain mm-hmm. here. We don't need you to get a hit a lot. We don't want sacks. We don't want fumbles. We don't want something that's going to give Houston some sort of life that maybe sparks a weird outcome to this game. We certainly don't want to lose our undefeated record in this game. And I think the easiest way to do that is just to protect Jalen Hurts. So I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go with the lower here on 40 and a half rushing yards. Yep. And I actually think to kind of caveat off that, with him not scrambling as much, I think we could see a couple more dump downs to Miles Sanders out there right now at eight and a half receiving yards. Just saying. I think that one is one that makes a ton of sense given his volume in this offense. So does AJ Brown. And no surprise here, you are going with the higher on 74.5 receiving yards. He is everything and more, like we kind of alluded to, that they wanted. Had six catches for 565 yards and a career-high three touchdowns last week against the Steelers, where he was just a grown man amongst boys. Now has six games with 150 receiving yards since 2019, which is tied for the second most. And right now is aiming to make it his third game in a row with a catch. Not to mention when he plays against Houston, he's done incredibly well. He has 563 receiving yards, which is 93.8 per game, and six receiving touchdowns in his six games versus Houston, and he's looking to make it four in a row with a touchdown catch. I am with you. I will be taking the higher on the 74 and a half receiving yards. Looking on the other side here, you've got Davis Mills, and probably no surprise on this one either. You went lower on the touchdowns earlier. Sitting here at 220.5 passing yards, you're taking the lower on this one as well, correct? I legitimately have no idea how he's going to get to this number. Same. Like, if, if unless the Brandon Cooks plays and just has the vengeance games of all vengeance games, which he he is capable of. But just look at, I mean, at Davis Mills' passing log. I mean, this could be an FU game from Brandon Cooks. I would love it. I'm here for it. Let's make this game interesting. I'm willing to lose some of my units on this game if that happens just because i'm just here to see great players do great things absolutely i mean i I don't know we haven't talked told the listeners this but i bought a mattress on the mattress mac houston astros (laughs) uh (laughs) promotion if you're not familiar with that basically mattress mac owns gallery furniture in houston every year he says if you come in and buy a mattress and the astros win the world series i'm gonna refund it completely it's a free purchase so i looked at this matchup and i haven't asked tommy twice we talked about this yeah this is, yeah. a, this is a good bet, right? Like, I, I follow baseball, but, like, Tommy's in it a little bit more than I am. And I was like, on paper, I know Phillies are hot. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we both played baseball, so I get it. But Houston's the team, right? And he's like, yeah, that's the team. And I was like, I looked at it. I said, Houston, and that's the thing. Like, Houston looks like the better team. Philadelphia, like, they're like, they're the 2019 Nationals where they're just kind of that team of destiny and they're hot. But, like, you just came through sweeping the Yankees, which, awesome. Could not love that anymore. Like, yeah, Houston looks like the play. Surely, right? Yep. You got the you got the Cy Young winner, winner most likely in the AL with Verlander. And then, you know, here we are right before game four. And I'm like, it's all up to Christian Javier. So, you know, most of the time I'm here for this. This is the one time in life where I just spent an, an exorbitant amount of money on a bed. And it is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. My, I'm sleeping extremely well. And my wife is happy, which is really all that matters here. That's all that matters. But That's all that matters. It is. But but. Yeah, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit, so I can't lose too many units here. That's that's what I'm getting yeah. to. Davis Mills and Brandon Cook don't hurt me too bad this week, but looking at it, looking at Davis Mills, uh, getting back to his game log, 152 yards last week against Tennessee, 140 nice. against Jacksonville, 177 against Denver. Yes, he has gone higher uh, than some of these numbers. He's had a 240, 245, 246, 302. So he is able to have at least some of those numbers. I just don't think it comes against this defense. This is the best defense he's played all season, and it's not close. Denver It's the best defense he's in, ever played, period. It, yeah, yeah, I think so. This is a Super Bowl-caliber defense, and I think Denver had a Super Bowl-caliber defense, but they weren't getting it backed up with an extremely good offense. So that's going to put uh, Mills in a lot of bad situations this week, so I have to go lower here. This might be the biggest mismatch for Davis Mills probably since, honestly, College? probably ever. I, I yeah. don't think Stanford was ever this big of an underdog to someone because it wasn't like USC was all that good when he was still playing them. I don't think he played Oregon when they were playing well. Like this is probably the biggest mismatch of Davis Mills career ever. Yeah. Cause he's always, yeah. cause you go back to go back to when he was in high school and all that before that, he was always the best player on the field. College guys right. always are like, you're here for a reason. I he's don't, high, he's I don't see this. Too. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. I actually liked him and I liked him coming to Stanford. It was just a time thing. I think, yeah. he only, I think he only had like 11 starts at Stanford, and but he played well. He showed out well. This pro day was actually like really impressive in the pouring rain out there. Him and yeah. Simi Fihoko, they had a good kind of combination out there. It's just it's just a talent disparity, my man. It just is it what is. it is. This is a team of the haves and a team of the have-nots. Houston yep. will get there eventually. Hopefully, I'd love to see it. I like more parity in the NFL, but the Eagles are just, they're just a different breed. Offensively, defensively, coaching, they've got their pulling all the right levers. Nick Sirianni needs to get way more credit for his coaching. Honestly, going back to last year for the change that he made, everyone gave him crap for becoming really run heavy. It was the right thing to do because it fit the personnel. They didn't have the receivers at the time. You go run heavy and focus on your strength with your offensive line and your running game along with Jalen Hurts. What do you do in the offseason? Hey, we bring in A.J. Brown. You've got Devonta Smith to move him into a more complimentary role. All of a sudden, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Guess what? Philadelphia Eagles are incredible, and let's give some credit to Nick Sirianni. I think he deserves it. Uh, instead, of all we do is just make fun of him for the highlighter in the cap because it's it's easy, <laughs> and quite frankly, I, I enjoy it still, too. And I know Ty does, Ty Schmidt does, over at the Pat McAfee Show. I think our one final one sitting over here for our underdog plays, Damian Pierce. They got him at 61 and a half rushing yards. Someone you kind of talked about, look, we're expecting him. If they've got to keep it close, he's got to break off a couple big plays. Sitting here at 61 and a half rushing yards, taking the higher on this one. We're both in agreement on this one. He's only gone, uh, he's only gone below that in just one game so far this year, and he's going to have to do everything for this offense. Does have a touchdown in four of his last five games, and I think you're going to be hoping they can try to pull one of those off. 
We'll see if that does happen or not, but I do like going on the higher on a 61 and a half rushing yards, especially with the odds are that Jordan Davis will be missing this game as well. Kind of softens up that middle of the rushing defense a little bit. And I think, quite frankly, Damian Pierce just looks damn good. He looks like the running back we thought he was going to be coming out of Florida, and there's just no excuse why Dan Mullen decided he didn't want to use him. But there's a reason why Dan Mullen is now doing commentary. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating and a review, whether it's on iHeart, Google, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast at. Also, can you stay up to date with all the latest news around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com, where you can find all the analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember to get involved with the PFN community. The PFN Pass gets you direct access to the Discord and unlocks exclusive content for PFN Productions, weekly giveaways, and weekly AMAs with the PFN staff, including lineup and waiver wire advice, and the Sunday morning start set, plus even more betting coverage during the week to help you fill up that bankroll and pay off your mattress. It's also never too late to get to start your 2023 mock dress by heading over to the PFN MDS, which you can find over at ProFootballNetwork.com forward slash mock draft. You can follow Ian over on Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Garrett PFN. Good luck on Thursday night and we'll see you guys on Friday for a week nine breakdown in our next episode of the show.